Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, yes, that time again. It's Monday night, and it's another episode of The Stoop coming at you right here live on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, is Jeff the Shark Perini. What's going on tonight, Jeff? Mr. Fahrenheit in the house. How you doing, buddy? Good to be here. That's right, man. It's 200 degrees. They call me Mr. Fahrenheit. I like it. You, you were just waiting for Monday night to to, 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 to just say that, didn't you? I waited all weekend. After I uh, listened to the replay of the show, I waited all weekend just to call you by your new name. I love it. Oh man, yeah. For uh, I was I was singing Queen last week, and uh, my wife decided to start calling me that because, of course, that's in the song, and uh, that was the song I was dancing to and singing to in the kitchen. And now I'm known as Mr. Fahrenheit, not only here but at home. Good stuff. Got a reputation. Absolutely. Oh, man. So, yeah, tonight we're going to be doing a shoot the bit Monday. Um, no guest tonight. It's just going to be Jeff and myself uh, talking about a lot of different events that have happened, uh, a lot of different news items in sports and music and movies. Um, before we get started, we want to thank Mick James for, for joining us this past Thursday uh, to talk about his last album, his newest album coming out. Uh, some of the cool stuff going on in his life and in his in his uh, music career, and uh, he was a, he was a really cool guest, Jeff. We had a lot of fun with him. Yeah, he was great, good time, and uh, God, he's been he's had his hands in so many different things. It's just awesome to hear the stories about who he's uh, worked with and where he's been. Great show. Absolutely, absolutely. He just put up a uh, a Facebook message. Um, not that, well, excuse me, a status. I'm sorry, people. I'm uh, I'm a little exhausted today. I'm not up with the times. But uh, he's in the... Too busy with the Twitter. Pretty, with the Twitter. He's in the recording <laughs> studio right now with a legendary drummer by the name of Lou Agiesta. If nobody knows who Lou Agiesta is, he's drummed for a lot of people, but he's currently drumming for Johnny Maestro and the Brooklyn Bridge right now. A uh, really cool drummer, so he's laying down tracks with him right now. Um, he, he, he's always got somebody cool in his studio, man. That just must be just an awesome, awesome life, man, to have all these cool people jumping into your studio, man, and just... Laying out tracks with you. Yeah, it's if very cool. And, uh, if only we were that lucky. Oh, I know, right? Well, we're, we're getting there. Slowly but sure, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there, and it's the Twitter tonight. All right, man. All right, so we're going to jump right into it real quick. You know, it's, it's not going to be a super long show tonight because when we have a guest, it's always nice to, you know, talk and, and just, you know, feel them out and uh, have some good times. But tonight, it's just me and Jeff talking. And, uh, you know, we could be here for half an hour. We could be here for an hour. We could be here for longer. It depends on uh, how much stuff we rant about, Jeff. So uh, we'll jump right into it. We'll get into our new top five list. We're going to jump away from music because we've been pretty music heavy the last uh, few weeks. And we're going to jump into this new one. And it's our top five guilty pleasure movies. And it may be a movie you don't really want to tell people about. It may be a movie that you absolutely love. But it's a movie that you just cannot stop watching, and it never gets old. So, Jeff, lead off with your top five guilty pleasure movies. Oh, man. Talk talk about guilty pleasure movies. Good movies, though. And some people might hear the list and say, what? What are you talking about? It's a good movie. Number five, um, Bring It On, uh, the cheerleader classic with uh, – you know, the, the cheer competition girls, I, I just love that movie. And now it sounds corny, but uh, there's some good-looking girls in it, and it's uh, it's got some comedy to it. And uh, I like it. It's a good movie. Um, bring it on, gets in there. Um, number four is uh, Pitch Perfect, uh, the uh, choir movie about the uh, the uh, high school girls that, that sing and perform. That That's a good movie. Um, 
lot of girly movies in here, but hey, you know that that's what makes you know. Uh, number three is one, and God, I wish there was. I knew who was listening out there. Some of my buddies will laugh and say, "Yeah, you know he's right." Uh, a movie called Airborne, uh, back oh. in 1993. Great movie about a uh, uh, rollerblade skaters, uh, a young Seth Green, yep. a young Jack Black, uh, Shane McDermott. I love. I every time it's on, I watch it. Some people are like, what is this crap? And I watch this movie every time. I absolutely love it. I remember uh, that movie wholeheartedly, man. That was a great, great, great movie, man. Absolutely love it. Uh, number two is Mean Girls. Uh, and I'm a, <laughs> I, you know, I like all the girls in there. I'm a Lacey Chevere fan. And uh, it's corny for Who men. It, but man? I tell you, I, I, I've seen this movie like ten times. And I'm like, you know, it's got a good enough plot twist. And it's got some... Like I said, it's got some good girls in it, and uh, Mean Girls, I've seen it a bunch of times. And my number one, and this is a guilty pleasure movie, and I will watch it a thousand times out. And uh, people, more and more when I talk about it, more and more people get into it. It's the um, it's the one and only Clueless. Uh, Alicia Silverstone and, and Stacey Dash, uh, the late Brittany Murphy. Clueless was just such a great movie, man. A lot of one-liners. Uh, a lot of people are getting, oh, it's such a girly movie. Now, nah, man, watch Clueless if you've never seen it and get into it, man. It, it's great. I love it. My number one guilty pleasure movie. I have seen it a hundred times. I'll see it a hundred more. Clueless? Really? Oh, I love Clueless. Absolutely. Wow. I am shocked at your list, man. I'm shocked at my list, too. I, You know, but I watch these, especially that Airborne. I haven't seen Airborne in like two or three years now. And I miss that movie. I love that movie. Oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, man. So let me jump into mine right away. Number five, I'm going to go with a classic musical, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Movie I grew up on. Movie my wife loves. Movie I love. One of those movies you just always go to. Uh, legendary musical. Number four, Father of the Bride, Steve Martin. Uh, my wife really oh. got me into them. Uh, I, I love both of them. We watch them a lot. Uh, really grew on me over the last couple of years, and we always watch it a lot. Number three, uh, Fever Pitch, Drew Barrymore, Jimmy Fallon. This is another movie that my wife got me hooked on. Uh, funny love story, you know, just just an all-around good movie. Number two, I watched this movie so much, and it, it's hard to really call it a guilty pleasure because I, I, I wouldn't feel guilty telling people about it because it's such a phenomenal, legendary movie, and that's The Quiet Man with John Wayne. I've watched this movie probably, I'll say since October. I'll just go with a little far reach there. Since October, I've probably watched The Quiet Man probably 100 times, easily, if not a little bit more. Uh, one of those movies that I just always go to. It's a feel-good movie to me. Uh, it's just absolutely phenomenal. Number one, this is the movie that my wife and I watch constantly. Very excited about the new one that just came out. Cannot wait to see it. Have not yet seen it. And that is My Big Fat Greek Wedding. That is okay. the movie, our go-to guilty pleasure movie, man. Not a bad movie. Not a bad movie. Not a bad list. Um Father of the Bride, man, I watch it over and over again because um, not only is, is it funny, but uh, who's that? Kimberly Williams, uh, Brad Paisley's wife, whoever. Um, she's great. She's so adorable. Yes. And, yes. Oh, the movie, so much about it is good. She's adorable. Steve Martin is actually pretty funny in that. He's got his moments where he's on or off. He's great in those movies, and I love them. Father of the Bride's an awesome choice. Man. Everybody is, is phenomenal in it. Diane Keaton, Martin Short. As uh, Frank Engelhofer, B.D. Wong is great in it. George Newbern, who, of course, is the guy who comes in and, you know, steals Steve Martin's daughter. Eugene Levy's in it uh, for a little bit. You know, it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal movie, man. And it's, you know, it's like I said, listen, those are those feel-good movies that you always go back to. Of course, you know, I scratched out some movies. You know, I had The Last Dragon on there. I had Showdown in Little Tokyo. I had Big Trouble in Little China. I had Beverly Hills Cop and... The Golden Child in Trading Places, but those really aren't my guilty pleasures because you know what? I watch them all the time, but what are my go to movies? And these are my five go to movies, I would have to say. I'm sure there's a couple more that I'm really not thinking about, but these are the ones that I could really just remember off the bat, um, especially ones that I've been watching as of late so much and, you know, that I remember watching over the years. So good list here for the uh, top five guilty pleasure movies. Uh, Jeff's top five, number five, bring it on. 
Number four, Pitch Perfect. Number three, Airborne. Number two, Mean Girls. Number one, Clueless. I think Jeff turned into a woman tonight. My top five. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, the classic musical. Number four, Father of the Bride. Number three, Fever Pitch. Number two, the legendary John Wayne's The Quiet Man. And number one, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. So there you go, man. Another top five list is down, man. I I lean towards... um... Yeah, I lean towards a little more of the, the feminine side because it's stuff you don't admit to everybody. These are, uh, you know, for me, it's throwing the pajamas, come down to the basement, drown myself in a tub of ice cream. That's right. I said it. He's in the movies. All while your fiance is outside playing football with the fellas, right? Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, she's a coffee pumping iron, and I am here eating ice cream and watching uh, movies about girls coping in high school. Yeah, that's you know, <laughs> wow. Uh, listen, man, at your age, don't tell anybody you watch in high school girl movies, man. So, Yeah, that didn't come out right. Not at all. <laughs> but Thursday, Thursday, and we'll let everybody know right now, we're going to do our top five guilty pleasure television shows, and mine are going to be real, real girly, man. I can tell you right off the bat right now. <sighs> um, I hate to cut you off real quick, so I know you like uh... – current events in order, but I'm reading this correctly that Josh Gordon just failed another drug test. Yes, I read that just a yeah. little bit ago. Uh, yeah. Cleveland Browns wide receiver Josh Gordon, who's looking to be reinstated by the NFL, has failed another drug test. Listen, yeah. let me ask you this, since we're going to talk about it right now. I was going to bring it up in a little bit, but how in the hell are you and your agent and your manager and your whole posse, your crew, whatever the hell these guys call it these days, how in the hell are you going to ask for a reinstatement into the NFL while still doing illegal drugs? It's unbelievable. I mean, at what point? At what point do you look and you say, "Hey, you know what? Got to take a couple of years off. I'm a pro athlete. Get do it all you want when it's done." I mean, you heard all those uh, Ricky Williams jokes after he retired, and uh, "Hey, uh, weed dealers are back in business." Whatever it is. This is unbelievable. This guy's done. This has got to be it. An amazing I, talent, and it's over. It's got to be over. I don't get it, man. I really do not understand the people who have it made for them. That have it made for them. I mean, seriously, dude, he's got it made. I don't understand it, man. I do not understand the thinking of these guys. I don't understand why they go out and do what they do. It's just, man, it, it blows my freaking mind, Jeff. Blows my mind. Incredible. I mean, it, it actually it's the first I just saw of it now because I like to you know I like to scroll through my phone and check some events while we're on the air just in case something new comes up and this just hit me. I'm looking at this and and I'm in shock. I, I can't believe this has happened again. Yeah. Well, listen. Talking about Josh Gordon, we heard Johnny Manziel said that now he was living with Von Miller trying to get his life, you know, back on track and he wants to be with the Denver Broncos. Comes out today that he's not living with Von Miller. He's living with ta-da, the suspended Brown, Josh Gordon, who just failed another oh. drug test. Uh, I just want to get on that uh, invite list for that party because that's got to be a dandy. <laughs> I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I really don't understand it, man. It's crazy. You know, I, I would beg for one season of what they get to go through, the, the money, the the fame to get to play that sport, national TV and audiences and fans going nuts for you, and you know it's not worth it. It's worth a couple puffs of weed and uh, laying down on the couch eating Oreos, I, I guess. Stump. I, who knows, dude? Who freaking knows, man? All right, man. Let's uh, stick with football, and unfortunately, this is going to be uh, a very sad story, and we gotta give our condolences, our prayers, our hearts, our thoughts out to the uh, family of former defensive end for the New Orleans Saints, Will Smith, who was tragically, tragically gunned down, murdered in New Orleans uh, just a couple of nights ago uh, in a supposed what may or may not have been a road rage incident, what may or may have been pretty much a hit on the guy uh, from some of the stuff that I'm reading. Um, He was shot six times in the chest. His wife was shot two times uh, in the right leg. She has lived. She survived. Uh, she's in the hospital coping right now, but now comes to the thing. Well, now not only is she coping from her injuries, but she's coping from the loss of her 34-year-old husband. Um, 
Will Smith, phenomenal, phenomenal player with the uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, Super Bowl champion. He was in, he was a Pro Bowl defensive end in 2006. BCS national champion, first team All-American in 2003. Um, absolute phenomenal NFL career for Will Smith. He's a Queens product, just like me. He's from not that far from where I grew up in Queens. Um, it, it, listen, when I got the news overnight, I woke up at about, I would say about 3.30 a.m., um, just couldn't sleep. What did I do? I grabbed my phone and I jump on Facebook. And all throughout my Facebook feed is the breaking news that Will Smith was gunned down in a road rage incident. And I couldn't believe it. The first thing I did was I shared it on your wall, Jeff, and I said, Jeff, wow. You know, um, it, when when you saw what I put up on your wall and you read it, what what went through your mind about this? Just absolutely shocked. Um, let's face it, we all have to go sometime in life. Here's a young guy talent in the NFL, we don't know him well enough to know how he is off the field and, you know, road rage and whatever, but I, I kept thinking to myself, and I'm going to say it again because you hear people talk about gun control and uh, the government trying to take your guns away. We don't have a gun problem, America. We have an asshole problem. We've got people who think of nothing better and take somebody's life and just shoot somebody. And you know what I think? Take these people that are convicted of murder. If they want to shoot guns, give them uh, military weapons and stick them out overseas. If you want to shoot people, go out and shoot people in combat. Let's see what you got because these kind of stories are getting ridiculous. And this is – it's so sad and it's tragic. And the wife is there with her legs shot out and she's watching this take place. It's brutal. It's sickening. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I read something today that was uh, suggesting that uh, the reason why he was shot so many times was that he covered his wife um, and basically saved her life. Um, is that true? Who knows? Knowing Will Smith probably is. Um, you know, he was he was protecting his wife. Uh, it, it's just the stuff's got to stop, man. You know, I, I just I don't understand these people. There's. There's so many things going out that supposedly Will Smith and uh, Pierre Thomas, former Saints running back, had dinner with this police officer down in New Orleans who supposedly in 2005 um, killed this guy who happened to be the father of the guy who shot and killed Will Smith the other night. Now, is that coincidence? Is that that this guy just lost it and he saw the cop and, and Will Smith and Pierre Thomas having dinner and decided to take chase Will Smith down and take him out? Um, just because he was friends with this cop, is there something other to the story? Um, who knows? I'm sure we're going to hear so many things, and so many things are going to come out. Um, they got this guy in custody. He's being charged with second-degree murder. Um, it's just it's just a sad, absolute sad story. It's a tragedy. It, it has to stop. Um, you know, unfortunately, Will Smith is now gone at the age of 34 after a fantastic, fantastic NFL career. Um, our thoughts, our prayers, our, our hearts are out with uh, his wife Rachel and uh, their three kids. Uh, you know, three young kids, man. It's heartbreaking, dude. Really is, man. Really is terrible story. Yeah. Tyler, I, I, I saw it and I just been uh, thinking about it all day. It's, it's absolutely awful. It's a shame. Yeah. Really. I hear you, man. I hear you, brother. Um, now we had another death today. Um, you know, this one is in, is, you know, I hate, you know, it's not a tragedy, but uh, the owner of the Philadelphia Flyers, Ed Snyder, uh, passed away today at the age of 83 after battling cancer for the last two years. Jeff, you are a huge, huge, huge Philadelphia Flyers fan. Uh, what does this mean to you as not only a Flyers fan, but as a Philadelphia sports fan since Ed Snyder had so much to do with the Eagles, had so much to do with the 76ers over the last, what, 40, 50 years? Yeah, it's uh, close to that. Yeah, um, really tough. I know a lot of the people in Philly, it, it's been all over their Facebook pages today, and uh, everybody's hoping the Flyers rally around it and make a great playoff run, which would be a great story. Um, Ed Snyder been around a long time. I met him a couple times uh, down at the stadium. Um, good guy. And I'm not going to sit there and say super nice humanitarian guy whatever. I don't know him that well, but a good guy from what I met, and uh, – he really bled this team. I mean, he had them, them in the Sixers at one point. He gave up on the Sixers. It wasn't really his thing. The Flyers were his passion. Um, his son was with him for a while, and even that didn't work out. And behind the scenes, he kind of told his kid, hey, you're, it's not working out. Maybe we'll move on without you. 
So he loved yeah. his team. He really loved this city. And people talk about the, the issue with him and Jerry Woolman and who really started the Flyers and who really started the Spectrum. You don't look into that now. You look at the things Ed Snyder did great for this town. And uh, it's sad. It's it's massive in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, one of the best people as far as sports history in this town is going to be a big loss. And like I said, you're going to hear about it a lot come playoff time. And we wish his family well. It, it, it's hard. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, man, so let's stick with uh, the NHL while we're on the topic. Um, we've got the NHL playoffs coming out. Big news out of Phoenix, though, first. Don Maloney is out as the Phoenix Coyotes GM. I'll tell you right now, Jeff, this move by the Coyotes actually pisses me off because if you think about it, Don Maloney has done so many great things with this Phoenix Coyotes organization when he really had nothing to work with. You're looking at a guy who was given – let's say, five bucks from the organization to go out and get some of the best players when other GMs had $100 to go out and get the best players. And he put together some winning hockey teams here, man. He's, he's, he was able to draft. He was able to acquire very good players that other teams desperately wanted. As you saw, a lot of them go into the Rangers and, you know, just a lot of deals over the years between the Phoenix Coyotes and other teams. Um, you know, don't understand what the Phoenix Coyotes are doing. Don Maloney will not be out of a job. Uh, for long, your Philadelphia Flyers man would be absolutely smart to pick up a Don Maloney man. He's, but like I said, he's not going to be out of a job real long. Would love to see him head back to the Rangers in some capacity. Don't see that happening, but we'll see what happens there. Don Maloney is now out as the Phoenix Coyotes general manager. NHL playoffs, man. You know what we're going to do right now, Jeff? It's bracket time, my friend. I like it. All right, man. I'm going to see the games going on. First, we'll hit the Western Conference playoffs, and uh, I want you to tell me who do you think is going to win and how many games. First up, the number one Dallas Stars taking on the number four Minnesota Wild. Dallas had a great year. Um, they've really put together a nice product. They were kind of kind of secretively put together a real nice club. Uh, Wild's got some good talent, but I, I like Dallas a lot in this thing. Uh, I'm going to stretch it out to six. Um, I'm going to say Dallas and six. Dallas in six. All right. I'm actually going to say Dallas in five. I think Dallas is a better team uh, than a lot of people actually give them credit for. They had a really, really good season. Um, and I and I can, I can honestly see them sweep the Wild, but I'm going to give the Wild the benefit of the doubt and give them one win. All right. <laughs> the number two, St. Louis Blues taking on the number three, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, really bad draw for the Blues. And this is a team, again, um, they put together some nice season. They got a nice club. But to me, the Blackhawks got it all. And maybe not, you know, the way they did a few years back. But the Blackhawks have so much talent. Uh, again, it'll be uh, it'll probably be a sixer, maybe a seven-er. I go Chicago. I'm going to probably say Chicago in six. Uh, they're just tough to beat. And I think in a seven-game series, it's going to take a, a all-out effort from a real star-studded team to knock them off. I, I go with the Blackhawks. I agree with everything you just said, 100%. I am also going Chicago in six. All right, man, number four, Nashville Predators taking on the number two. Oh, excuse me, uh, number one, Anaheim Ducks taking on the number four, Nashville Predators. Tricky, a little tricky here. Um, Again, maybe because it's the West Coast and I'm not as – cozy and comfy with as I'm the East Coast because you see it a little bit less, but uh, there's got to be a stunner in here somewhere. Um, this isn't it. I mean, the Ducks win. Ducks win in... in um, I'm going to go Ducks in seven. I think the Preds pushed them to the limit. Um, this is that weird kind of series where a team kind of comes out of nowhere. And uh, so I, I go Preds. I mean, I go Ducks in seven. I go Anaheim in five. Don't see the Predators doing much against Anaheim this year. All right, uh, number two, L.A. Kings taking on the number three, San Jose Sharks. And to me, this is going to be the game to watch. Yeah, this is the best of the West as far as uh, tight-knit. I know Hawks and Blues are going to be good for their uh, tradition, but Sharks-Kings, man, right across the uh, California way. Um, Always liked the Kings. Been a Kings fan since I was a kid. Now, I was happy to see some of my former Flyers go there and win some cups. Uh, I go L.A. in seven. It's going to be a good year. I go with the Kings in seven. Nice. I actually went San Jose in seven. I think it's going to be 
a real, real good series here. Hopefully it's not one that lets us down, but I go with San Jose in seven. Let's uh, come back home, and Let's go to the East Coast here. Uh, the number one Florida Panthers taking on the number four New York Islanders. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, the Islanders, um, pretty easy to see that they kind of laid down against uh, the Flyers in the season finale, but I, I just think this team got cold, kind of went south. I, I think the Panthers uh, finally got the young talent together, put together a pretty good club. I think the Panthers uh, – Run away with this thing. Five games. Um, okay, I'm actually I'm actually going to go with Florida in six games. I think the Islanders, uh, if they start to heat up a little bit, they can take a couple of games away from Florida. Um, you said the young players, the playoffs are completely, completely different animal than a regular season. Um, veterans always step up, play their best in the playoffs. So I think that's going to be something that the uh, young Florida Panthers players are going to have to combat here. Uh, so I go Florida in six. You have Florida in five. Next game, number two, Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the number three, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Red Wings are one of those teams. Um, they always manage to get their way in. A traditional name, so you don't always – you just don't count out the Red Wings no matter what. I don't yes. think it's the same as the past Red Wings, but I think they give Tampa a little bit of competition. Uh, Lightning in six, a hard-fought six, not an easy six. Uh, Tampa Bay's got too much talent for this team, I believe. And uh, But the Red Wings will give it a fight. They always do. And they'll yeah. be hanging in this thing. Great. Um, I actually go with uh, Tampa Bay in seven. Um, Detroit's always going to give somebody a good fight, especially with the news that uh, Pavel Datsuk is, is looking to uh, retire after this, head over to Russia. You know he's going to play his, his life out like he always does. Um, so this could be his last hurrah in the NHL unless something – Really turns around and changes, but I'm going to go Tampa Bay in seven. Number one, Washington Capitals taking on your number four, Philadelphia Flyers. <sighs> let's do it for Ed Snyder, guys. Let's do it for Ed. Let's, let's make a run here. Um, something Like I said, somebody's got to get the major upset, and why not the Flyers? I mean, Steve Mason's got to be the Mason about a week before the end of the season where he was stopping everything and anything. I don't see it as impossible. I think the Flyer team meshed well. I think Hackstall has uh, got a good grip on this team. They've got a good system. Uh, Washington, as good as they are, they just don't overwhelm me. I, I, I think there's better teams in the East uh, when all is said and done. And I think uh, you've got to take your big upset. This is my big upset. Even if I didn't live in Philly, I think I'd lean towards this. Just what Philly has been through lately to get this far. And they don't look like they're going to turn back. Let's go Flyers in seven. Flyers in seven. Very nice. All right, I'm actually going Washington in five. Don't see oh, the I Flyers that. doing much. Uh, no, and, and and it's not because of my disdain for the Philadelphia Flyers and all things Philadelphia. Um, a couple of years ago when they were in, I actually picked them uh, to win it in a sweep, uh, believe it or not. But I'm just going to go Washington in five. I think this is finally going to be that year where everything clicks for Washington. I feel like they're going to be, even though they're number one, they're the number one seed. I still feel like they're the underdog. They've had a good season, but I feel like eventually something's going to click for the Washington Capitals. I feel like this is going to be the season, and I feel like out of all the teams in the Eastern Conference, I feel like the Flyers are going to be the easiest matchup for them. So that's why I'm going with Washington in five. Wouldn't be shocked if it went seven, but I'm picking Washington in five. That's my upset right there is uh, Flyers only winning one game. Um the number two Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, Cindy the Crybaby Crosby taking on the number three New York Rangers. Who do you got and in how many games? Uh, tough. Depending on the goaltending situation, obviously, with Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, depends on what we get from uh, from Malkin and who's healthy and who's playing. Uh, the best team in the second half of the season, it pains me to say it because I'm so anti, but the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, new coach, new formula, the speed is uncanny. I know you're a Rangers guy, and I like your Rangers. They're they're a tough team. <sighs> Great goaltending. I gotta lean towards Pittsburgh. This thing is like the King Sharks we talk about in the West. This is going to be yes. a great series. Yes. Uh, I mean, it could very well be it just as easily be a four game sweep one way or the other by one team just edging the other out through true grip. I think it goes seven. Pains my heart either way because both of these teams are arch rivals, but I got to say it's going to be Pittsburgh in seven and uh, probably one of the better series we're going to see in quite a while. 
agree with that. I'm going to go Rangers in seven, but it could swing anyway, depending on what's going on. Ryan McDonough looks like he's not going to start in the series um, due to an injury, and then news coming out today that Hunter Lundqvist was removed twice from practice today. Really depends on those two guys. Big question marks. I like the Rangers picking up Eric Stahl. He's going to show what he can do in the playoffs. Even if he doesn't score too much, he's going to show that veteran leadership uh, that we all know the Rangers always lack. Um, So it's going to be real interesting. This is going to be up there with Kings and Sharks and Caps and Flyers. And I'm going to go with Blues and Blackhawks. I think those are going to be the four series that are going to really just just take the cake here. Um, Rangers in seven. But as a Ranger fan, if Hayden's going to say, I wouldn't be shocked if it ends up being Pittsburgh in seven just because of the way Rangers have been playing towards the end of the season. All right, so we got them all written down, and we're going to follow them, and uh, we'll see who's right, and the winner gets a cookie. Oh, yes. Cookies. Oh, cookies. <laughs> um, I love that commercial. You ever seen the Cookie rate. Monster TV commercial? I love that commercial, man. Absolutely oh, phenomenal commercial. Fifty-six seconds have passed, and he is absolutely beside himself. It is such a great commercial. Oh, cookie, cookie, cookie. <laughs> oh, man, great stuff. All right, so uh, keeping on a trend of uh, sports, and we'll knock out Hill. Golden State Warriors beat the San Antonio Spurs last night. 72 wins. They now match the historic Bulls record for 72 wins. They play Wednesday night, this Wednesday, April 13th, against the Memphis Grizzlies, Jeff your prediction, do they get 73 wins, or do they rest some of their players and just head for the playoffs? A lot of pressure on them maybe to beat this record. Um, I say they go for it. Why not? This is a, no discredit to, to the Bulls and teams like that, but, I mean, when you got a Michael Jordan-run team, everybody expects them to be the best. And I'd love to see Steph Curry just continue to take this game over. Too many LeBrons this and LeBron that. I think Curry's more of a all-around ball player, and he's a likable guy, and you root for him. So I say that it's going to be close. I think Memphis really gives it their all. And just for the sake of arguing, I'm going to say it's a close game. I think Golden State gets it. I'm, I'm excited. I really hope they do. I'm going to be glued to the set. Yeah, you know what? I would be okay with Golden State getting it if they worked hard for it. But at the same time, yes, I'm going to be one of those guys. I've written about it. We've spoken to Chucky Brown about it. I've spoken to various other former NBA players about it, players from this era and players from the 80s, 90s. And I I don't see the Warriors doing this if they were playing against the great defensive teams of the 90s and the way teams play now. I think uh, it's, it's still a phenomenal achievement in today's NBA. Uh, but to me, it doesn't match the stature of the Bulls 72 wins because of the teams that the Bulls had to play. Um, to me, the only real, um, uh, you know, pretty much the only real team that had any kind of, you know, um, of any opposing force against the Golden State Warriors that could really knock them off to me were the Spurs. I don't think the Thunder are that great of a defensive team. I don't think the Clippers are. I don't think the Blazers are. I think the Grizzlies are pretty much uh, on their way out. Mavericks are done. Jazz are up and coming, but they're not good defensively. Rockets are a damn mess. Nuggets are a mess. Kings are a mess. Pelicans without Anthony Davis are a mess. Timberwolves up and coming, but still a mess defensively. Suns are terrible. Lakers are terrible. So really, to me, from the Western Conference... This was real easy for the um, for the Golden State Warriors to you know to reach this milestone. If you look at the Eastern Conference, especially when the Bulls were playing, you know you had the Knicks, you had the Celtics, you had the Pistons, you had um, you know the, even even the Seventy Sixers and even the Nets. They had some good defensive teams in the nineties. So it, to me, it was a, it was it was harder for the Bulls to do it than it was for the Golden State Warriors to do it. Still a phenomenal accomplishment. Do they get it? I don't know. I think the playoffs might be a little bit more important to them than reaching that historic moment. The cool thing about it, though, is Steve Kerr on that 72-win Chicago Bulls team, and now he's coaching that 73-win Golden State Warriors team, except for the fact that a lot of those wins have to go to Luke Walton. That's how I feel. Yeah, I agree. I I do agree. Uh, Um it is neat that he's part of both teams. It makes me think deep down inside he wants to one-up that team. It was Jordan's team. It wasn't Steve Kirsten. This is now suddenly 
Steve Kerr's teams. I think he wants her. I, this, this ain't Steve Kerr's team, man. I'll tell you that right now. Luke Walton proved that, man. This is a team that was built by the GM, and this is a team that was given the tools to play together from Mark Jackson. To me, this is Mark Jackson's team before it's Steve Kerr's team, and that's just how I, how I felt about it. And uh, to me, he should be coaching there. But Luke Walton winning all of those games as a rookie coach, interning for the injured Steve Kerr at the time, shows that this is nothing of what Steve Kerr is doing. That's how I feel. Makes sense. Sorry, he's, Steve I mean, Kerr. he's currently labeled with his team, but, you know, you're great. I agree. I like what Luke Walton did, man. A little bit of a bum rap. I like what he did. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, damn, man. Mets are getting crushed in a second by the Marlins. Seven to nothing. Giancarlo Stanton with a two-run homer just chased Mats out after seven runs. Yeesh. Jeez. Hate to say I love that, but I love that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> early on, man. It doesn't mean much anyway, but... Uh, yeah, it's a, that that pitching staff will find its groove. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. They'll, they'll get there, and they'll, they're going to be one of the best pitching rotations in the league, man. All right, let's uh, get to a little bit of baseball real quick, and we have to talk about the uh, phenomenally amazing play from the Colorado Rockies shortstop, uh, Trevor Story. Seven home runs in six games, man. What do you think of him? Um, if you would have told me that uh, Colorado would turn around and trade Tulowitzki up mm-hmm. with a shortstop possibly better than him. I would have laughed if I that's impossible. This kid is got some pop in that bat and he's got such a clean swing and it's it looks like an uppercut a little bit, which is surprising. It looks like he really gets under that ball and just pulverizes it and uh, it's great. It's great for baseball. Like uh we talked about the other night, Bryce Harper wants it to be more fun. This is fun. Watching this young kid popping home runs out of the park is fun. Uh, the long ball is what people come to see when it comes to baseball. And pitching is fun, but we talk about baseball getting boring. You want the pop, man. I like seeing guys hit homers. And I like seeing young guys hit homers like Chris Bryant last year. I love it, man. I think this is a great story for baseball right now. Yep, they need it, man. They absolutely need it. Um, what's funny is, is that I'm reading the story here uh, real quick uh, from the Denver Post just a couple of days ago. That Rockies owner Dick Monfort will wait on Jose Reyes. And still misses Troy Tulowitzki, man. Ouch. Come on, man. Look what Trevor Story's doing. It's like, is he going to fade off? Is that what they're thinking or what? But Jose Reyes? Come on, man. Well, Jose Reyes has not been significant in a really long time. Um, Funny, a few years back, you know, when the Phillies were still kind of hanging on, I said, yeah, you know, bring in uh, Reyes and uh, find a spot for him. My buddy said he is just the most unfundamental Luck of the draw, play by pure speed and, and possibles that you got. You know, he just and it's true. Reyes is kind of a mess. There's no, there's no uh, style to his game whatsoever. No. And eventually, no. where's that? Him and Hanley Ramirez are like out of the, the photocopy machine, man. Two birds of a feather. Agree, man. Agree with that 100. percent All right, man. Let's uh, move it over to uh, music real quick, man. Hall of Fame induction ceremony just happened a couple of nights ago, and we all know. The comments that Gene Simmons threw at the genre of hip-hop not long ago saying it needs to die, it shouldn't even still be here, it's not rock and roll, blah, 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 rappers don't belong in the rock and roll of fame. And WA took the stage, um, and Ice Cube really just went after Gene Simmons, uh, you know, basically telling him, listen, um, hip-hop belongs in the rock and roll hall of fame. Hip-hop is not rock and roll, but rock and roll is not really a genre. It's a spirit. If you look at blues, if you look at jazz, a lot of that stuff was taken from rock and roll and made into rock and roll. Same thing with hip-hop. They take a lot of things from rock and roll, and if you look at rock and roll over the last 20, 25 years, rock and roll takes a lot of stuff out of hip-hop. That's when you get, you know, we've had the great crossovers from Run DNC and Aerosmith. Um, you, You know, you look at Helmet and Onyx, you look at uh, you know House of Pain when they did that crossover on the Judgment Night soundtrack. Um, I can't remember with what band, but you know rock and hip hop have been together for quite a long time now. N.W.A. they changed the game of hip hop into rap. Um, but I really liked Ice Cube's comments. Did you get a chance to to watch it or hear or read Ice Cube's comments at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony? Uh, I didn't watch it, but I have been uh, reading the comments. Um, 
pretty much telling, you know, Cal told James, Gene Simmons, hey, we're, we're here, and yes. uh, we're here to stay. And, and hip-hop is here to stay. Uh, do I think it's rock and roll? Uh, no. No. Do I think it belongs in rock and roll Hall of Fame? Mm, questionable. But, um, like I said, if you're celebrating artists in music of any type, NWA is one of the most influential rap bands of all time, so they deserve some recognition. Growing up, long story short, growing up, I was a huge Kiss fan. been a Kiss fan since I was a little kid. Uh, I like the original four, Ace, Peter, uh, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons. The time has come for a guy like Gene Simmons to kind of shut his mouth. He runs his mouth about everything. Uh, these guys got more money, whoever knows what to do with. He puts his face all over everything and your long tongue, and that's all fine and dandy, but you know what? There comes a time you got to stop. And it's kind of an asinine comment from a guy to make about somebody being celebrated. Uh, look, we all bitch when Kanye did it to Taylor Swift, so Gene Simmons, don't do it with NWA. Stay out of it, really. Yeah. I mean, listen, you look at the last few years. In 2015, we had uh, Bill Withers go in. You look at 2014, we had Cat Stevens. Um, in in 2013, we had a couple of you look at Randy Newman. Public Enemy went in. Didn't really hear much back then from him. Quincy Jones went in. 2012, um, you know, Donovan went in. Um, the Beastie Boys went in. You know, and you really didn't hear much from people. It, it, it's, you know, the Comets went in. The Miracles, uh, the Blue Caps, the Midnighters, the Famous Flames. You know, all those cool 50s doo-wop groups. Um, really not rock and roll, but I got to say, I agree with what Ice Cube said, where rock and roll really isn't a genre. Rock and roll is more of a spirit, and you can take rock and roll and put it into any type of music the same way that rock and roll, heavy metal, all of that stuff has learned, has taught us over the last 25 to 30 years that you can take hip-hop and rap and implement it into rock music. Um Listen, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is an absolute joke. It has been for so many years. You look at Cheap Trick getting in, they deserve to be in years ago along with Deep Purple. You look at last, um, I believe it was last year, how the hell does Green Day get in before Cheap Trick, Chicago, Deep Purple, and Steve Miller? It's, it's, it's just asinine. It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame. How the hell did... Um, let me see, um, trying to think of who got in before them. You know, how the hell are Red Hot Chili Peppers and Guns N' Roses get in before Rush and Heart? It just doesn't mix, man. It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame. Very few people get a say on who goes in. They always pick the worst people. Um, you know, not saying, listen, love Guns N' Roses, love Red Hot Chili Peppers, love some of the bands I said before, but how in the hell does Donna Summer get in before... Uh, Cat Stevens, how the hell did they get in before Ringo Starr and Lou Reed and Stevie Ray Vaughan in Double Trouble? Doesn't make sense. Does NWA belong to be in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, you know what? If you're going to put people in and you put in Public Enemy, you put in the Beastie Boys, um, you know, and you started opening up the hole to start having all of these hip-hop and rap groups in, you know, Jimmy Cliff, which we talked with uh, Ed Roman about, the you know the reggae star from years ago and still today, you know he got it. You know, so if you can start opening up to all of these kind of genres and all of these kinds of groups, NWA belongs to be in. Really agreed with what Ice Cube said. Really think Gene Simmons needs to shut his mouth. Kiss has been irrelevant for so many years. Never really thought they were that great in the first place. They're really not that talented if you really think about it. Um, they just happened to come in at the right time with the right makeup and the right shock. Um, but there were so many people better. Alice Cooper, much better. Meatloaf, much better with the way he presented and did shows. Uh, David Bowie, you, you can't even compare. He just blows them out of the water. So, yeah, the NWA is in a rock and roll of fame. They belong there. They're going to stay. Gene Simmons, zip up the mouth, man. Zip it up. Zip it up, man. All right, man. Mad TV is returning to television. It's coming back to the CW network. Um, really thought the show wasn't on as long as I thought it was. It was on from like 98 to 2009 or 95 to 2009. It was on so freaking long. I could not believe it. Um, really didn't think Mad TV was all that great. The first couple of seasons were good. But if they're bringing this back, why can't they bring back in living color, man? In living color, you know, I would even see, even at their age, bring back 
SCTV, man. Uh, of course, yeah. John King. But give me some SCTV instead. Man TV to me was, was never anything great. I never got crazy with it. Um, outside of that little Stuart kid. Ad, but I could do. And, I mean, there was really not a lot of that that really made me laugh. I wasn't, there wasn't a real cast. There was nobody in that cast. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like them. It just, it's not good TV to me. No, no, it wasn't. Listen, if, if the kid's in the hole. Bring that back, man. You know, there was just so many other funny things. Listen, we've, we've heard of um, supposedly Fox and, and Keenan Ivory Waynes. They were talking about doing this big reunion show and Jim Carrey's on board to come back and, you know, Jamie Foxx is on board to come back and all these original people to do their skits. Uh, you know, Kelly Caulfield, Kim Coles, Tommy Davidson, David Allen Greer, Anne-Marie Johnson, um, you know, Pretty much everybody, you know, that was there from the beginning and some of the newbies were all interested in coming back to do this. Haven't heard anything about it since, but it would be absolutely phenomenal for them to do this. Um, Mad TV, I, I, I don't know, man. Like I said, um, a lot of different people were on it over the years. I, I still can't believe that it was on for 14 seasons. Um did not think it was on from 95 to 2009. If you asked me, I would have told you it was probably canceled after a few different years. I mean, did you actually think it was on that long? I can't believe that. I mean, maybe it ran um, on a different network or something. I don't know. I don't remember it being around that long. And speaking of which, I don't know if this is real or not. I didn't read that much into it, but I did see an ad the other day for the return of Home Improvement. What? Something called home, Impro- home improvement tour or something like that, and there was a picture of Tim Allen and uh, Debbie Dunning, I believe, and and the, and the uh, all the kids were there, all grown up. It, it, this is true, man. Uh, I think it's like another Netflix project. And if, if this is true, I, I may just throw my TV out because that's that's the end right there. I mean, uh, I was shocked when I saw the end. I I never, yeah, man, if, if you can find that online, you got to send that to me because I would be real interested. Listen, I have to give credit to where credit's due. I really like the Full House reboot. I think they're doing it in a very good fashion. I think they're doing a really good job with it. And I have to say, I also like the Boy Meets World reboot into Girl Meets World. Um, now we heard that, you know, Gilmore Girls are going to be coming out onto Netflix with like a four thing miniseries. Looking forward to that phenomenal show can't wait to see what they do with that i think there are some shows that are worth rebooting um if you do it in the right way and give it a whole new story and don't just reboot it from that last episode and just add on to it with the same crap but i think there's a good way to do it man and i would really be interested listen to me you can't do a home improvement there's no more wilson man wilson passed away unfortunately a few years back um he was a big part of home improvement. Um, if you can't have people that were such big, um, you know, parts of the show on it, to me, it's not worth doing. That's how I feel. So, uh, yeah, man. Wow, home improvement. Man. If if you could find it online, I would love to see that. It, it's probably a fluke. I would think, like a, a rumor or something. I, I, I got it here. A fake promotional image for a new Netflix original series called Home Improvement. Or- has been circulated and is rumored to be false. Okay, it makes sense, but they had everybody in the picture. And I stumbled upon it after the Atlantic City Beer Fest. Maybe I wasn't all there, but I saw it. I'm like, this is impossible. No no way. Yeah, would you look at Snopes? (laughs) No, it was was on the book, man. It was on Facebook, not on the Twitter. Maybe that's all. Oh, man. I just saw the actual picture that you're talking about. It's on Snopes. Snopes has it as false. And uh, Debbie Dunham looks freaking phenomenal still, man. Jeez. She does. Oh, absolutely. That's the only reason I want to see that show. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, anybody looks better than uh, Pamela Anderson. So. I think I look better than Pamela Anderson right now. I think uh, some dead people look better than Pamela Anderson right now, but... That's how I feel about it. Her and, wow. um, Yasmin Bleak. Yikes. What happened with her, man? Oh, my God, man. That, that was like, that was my girl. And I remember, uh, used to have this Yasmin Bleak air freshener in my car, and I used to love that damn thing. I used to love her. But 
man. A hard road. Tough it's funny. We um we go to this uh, convention out in in uh, Parsippany, New Jersey, called Chiller Theater. Uh, if 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 you're listening in, really cool um convention. Take a gander at it. To me, it's getting a little bit too pricey, like most other conventions are. So we don't go anymore. Um, got some really good guests coming up there. Will Yankovic's going to be there. Alice Cooper's going to be there. Meatloaf. They're doing a chips reunion with Eric Estrada, Larry Wilcox, and Robert Pine. Rob Rob Schneider's going to be there. Judge Reinhold's going to be there. George Went is going to be there. Ted McGinley's going to be there. Um, you know, just a lot of different people, man. Uh, Lamont from Sanford and Son is going to be there. Uh, Kevin Sorbo, who we had on the show, is going to be there. Um, Noah Hathaway from Neverending Story, Atreyu, he's going to be there. Just a just a really cool – hey, man, listen. They're doing a What's Happening reunion. Raj is going to be there, Anne-Marie Johnson, and, of course, Dia is going to be there. Uh, they've had that before, and we've uh, had the privilege of meeting a lot of them. A lot of old Playboy stars. I know you're happy about that. Katie Morgan's going to be there. Our, our very favorite Katie Morgan, man. Um, but anyway, getting to where I was headed with this is that uh, for some reason there was a few shows that I went to, and they always have somebody from Baywatch over the years. It hasn't been in a while, but I'm trying to remember uh, the names of the people. Yasmin Bleeth was there, I know, one time, um, as was um, Erica Elenak was there. And, uh, man, I can't remember the one girl's name. I'm trying to th- – who is it? Donna D'Erico. Uh, Donna D'Erico. No, no, no. It was the um, – Tracy Bingham. Okay. Oh, right there. So that. all three separate shows. And it's funny was that, you know, you got to pay to get a picture with them and, you know, get an autograph or whatever. And, you know, if it's somebody really interesting – and I don't feel like getting a picture in order. I'll still go up and shake their hand and say hello and, you know, talk to them. And usually they're really cool about it and they don't care. They just love to see their fans and talk about it. But um, anyway, the three of them were there. And, you know, I, I looked over at them and didn't really pay them no attention because, you know, I just really didn't really want to meet the three of them. All three of them, three separate shows, picked their head up just out of the blue. You know, they weren't paying attention to anybody else to talk to me and to ask me how I was doing. Erica Elianak was absolutely a sweetheart. Looked up, asked me how I was doing, asked me if I was enjoying the show. And then she goes, it was nice talking to you and goes back on her phone and starts texting somebody. Just, just really sweet. It's just funny how it's like just out of the, out of all the phenomenal guests I've met at Chilla theater, those three from Baywatch all did the same thing to me. Just thought it was absolutely funny. I always think of that from time to time. So, Funny, funny stuff, man. But check it out, man. Chill the theater. Jeff, you and I should go, man. I'd like to go. I'd love to check out. I'm always up for something new, especially stuff like that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a fun convention. We haven't been in a couple of years, unfortunately, due to, you know, having a baby and, you know, my wife being pregnant didn't want to bring her there while she was pregnant and all that other stuff, man. But, I, you know, I've met, met so many. I met, I met the cast of Porky's, uh, Ralph Macchio, C. Thomas Howe. I've met, you know, over the years, because I've been going since the early 90s, met Luke Ferrigno bunches of times. Shannon Elizabeth absolutely looks so much better in person than she does on TV. Um, Gina Lee Nolan from Baywatch, I got to, you know, meet her and talk to her, really nice lady. Uh, My mother-in-law met her and talked, you know, talked a bunch with her. Um, Danny Glover was there. You know, it's so cool when you see these people, man. John Amos, man, was there. Uh, Michael Beck from the Warriors. It's just like all, all these cool names that you grew up on, and then you get to see them. Paulie from Rocky was there. Um, you know, it's, and it's so weird when you're standing in front of these people and you're looking at them and be like, wow, I've, I've, I grew up on them and seen them so many times on TV. You never really think you're going to see them in person, but it's just so it, it's so funny to see how little they are. You know? Yeah. When they're on TV, you think of them as, you know, like, I, I, I guess bigger than life because you grow up on them. But then when you see them, they're so tiny, man. It's 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 funny. I, I would think the biggest person that I met being there was Lou Ferrigno. And I'm not even talking about, you know, muscular stature, but height stature as well. Um, Virgil, man, let me tell you, Virgil was, was freaking hilarious, man. He was trying desperately to get me to pay him to give him to give me an autograph. He should be Poor paying Virgil. you. No. Right? <laughs> he did have the million dollar belt with him though, it was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, that's worth uh, seeing. Yes. Met a I lot mean, of wrestlers. I, Let me tell you, man. One of the nicest wrestlers I met, because they always have wrestlers there. 
Um, I think X-Pac and uh, Badass Billy Gunn are going to be there along with Greg DeHammer Valentine and Andrew Anderson. The two of them are always there along with Brutus BK. But one of the nicest wrestlers I ever met besides Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I had to pay and get an autograph because I've always been a big fan of his. And right before that, my wife was in a really bad car accident. She came, her arm was in a sling, and he was so nice. My wife asked her, oh, my God, what happened to you? You take care of yourself. Tito Santana, man. Okay, yeah, I can believe that. Oh, he's yeah. like a good guy. He's he's really one of the nicest guys, and I had to pay because I was like, you know what? Am I ever gonna meet Tito Santana again? He may come back to chill, or he may not come back. I may see him at an event. I may not see him at an event. I had to get, you know, listen, man, it was fifteen bucks. You know, one of my favorite old time wrestlers. I got his eight by ten right here next to Bruno San Martino and King Kong Bunny and all those other wrestlers that I met over the years, and. uh you know, proud to have met Tito, and he told me some great stories, and he told me where Rick Martell is and what he's doing up in Canada, and had such an awesome conversation with Tito Santana, man. But what a nice guy, dude! He's a he's a high school football coach or gym coach, uh, or gym teacher in New Jersey. Wow, how about that? That's pretty cool. Is that cool, man? Those kids probably have no idea, man. I know, right? Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Great stuff, man. But yeah, man, we gotta go. Kevin Sorbo's gonna be. We should go and meet one of our former guests, man, and hang out with him. I want to. I want to have a day where we have all our former guests on one big arena or yes. banquet or something. That'd be great. I agree. I agree. And if we have George the Animal Steeler, because he was a former guest, we'll make sure we bring a couple of turnbuckles for him to chew on and keep him full. I like it. Cheap date. Cheap date, man. All right, man. Well, uh, we got some really good shows coming up. Um, Monday, April 18th, we're going to be joined by Lilith from Lilith and the Night, a really good rock group from London, England. She's going to be calling in live 1 a.m. her time, 8 p.m. Eastern time, our time she'll be calling in. So uh, huge props to the band and to Lilith for um, just being so willing to do that and taking the time out of their busy schedule to call in at 1 a.m., man. I mean, seriously, they can't be any nicer uh, to do our show. We can't wait to play some of their tracks and introduce uh, the rock and metal fans in the U.S. to some great, great rock and metal music from England. Really looking forward to that. And then Sagan Amory from Caveat is going to be joining us on Monday, April 25th. Um, Great, great band. She's such an awesome girl. Can't wait to have her on. Can't wait to talk to her about her music play some of their tracks and, and, and introduce some of the fans that don't know of the band to their music as well, man. Um, we're always bringing some great guests, Jeff. Yeah, definitely great guests. And uh, like I said today, we're coming in with a little bit of sex appeal too. So uh, guys, open up your minds, man. Listen to some female singers. Check them out on our page and the pictures. Listen to them on the show because they look good. Their music's good, and they turn out to be great guests. They they got good yes. stories, and they're usually very personable. Like we've had a couple already, uh, uh, and it's great, man. It's it's fun to meet these these artists, and these talents, and uh, everybody sees a pretty face, and everybody's like, "Yeah, she's gonna be on. Who's this?" But I tell you what, man, listen to it for everything. Listen to it for the music. Listen to it for us two jackasses talking here, and uh, <laughs> enjoy the show, man. Get to be a fan of the stoop if you already aren't. Yeah. No, listen, man, it's, you know, every time you talk to a music fan, a rock fan, a metal fan, whatnot, they always say, oh, yeah, we don't really get behind the girl-led groups because it's it's not manly enough or whatever. But you look at some of the groups out today, um, you know, to be in Hailstorm and the Pretty Reckless, Taylor Momsen and Lizzie Hale, two phenomenal groups. They can hang in with the best of them, and they blow most of the male-led bands out of the water. Um, we learned that now with the country music. I, I'm a huge fan of Casey Musgraves. We've had on Madeline Victoria. We've had on Donica Knight. Um, y- you know, it, it's just, listen, these girls are phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I am happy, Jeff's happy, that we get to introduce them to so many people um, around the States and uh, even in other countries, um, which which we're really, really happy about. You know, these girls deserve it, man. So um, now we get to do it twice more with Sagan uh, Amory from Caveat and Lilith from Lilith of the Night, straight out of England. Um, we just we just, we just, just always have some amazing, amazing guests on, man. And I got to say, I'm, I'm super proud of what we do here, Jeff. I, I really am, man. 
it, uh, it's the highlight. And I know a um, little running joke was me tonight trying to get here and ran behind and uh, making a mess of my little studio area here. And then you said, are, are we pulling the plug? I'm like, no way. I, I do it, man. I don't care what the situation is. I, I'm here. If my yeah. if I get a breath and I can sit in this seat, and I'm here, man, doing it. love doing it for the people and the talent that we get to meet and uh, me and you doing our thing and talking about everything and anything. And it's a blast, man. It's, it's, ah, if I could do it seven days a week, I sure would. And that would be absolutely phenomenal. I hope we get to do that one day. So uh, we're going to keep pushing here on the stoop, and we're going to try to be here one day, we hope, seven days a week. If not, five days a week would be great. But that's going to be up to you, our listeners, to keep listening, to keep sharing with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers. Um, you know, let them know about us. If you enjoy our show, you enjoy our guests, we're always working on a great guest list. Sometimes we don't have a guest like tonight, but we're always going to come at you. We're going to talk about current events. We're going to talk about anything in sports, music, movies, television. Um, you know, and if you're listening and, and you want to come on as a guest, if you're a, an actor, an actress, a musician, or even a blogger. If you've got a great blog, we're going to be doing a little thing here real soon called Blogger's Corner. We're going to have some bloggers come on every once in a while, and we'll give them anywhere from three to five minutes to talk about their blog, why they're in blog, and why it's such a popular blog. Um, you know, we're, we're a little bit of everything. So Jeff and I, we are super proud of this program. We're super proud to have all of you listening. And, um, you know, thank you, really, I guess uh, is all we can say, right? I want to get on the uh, female model responsible for our favorite product here, vagina beer. No, no vagina, vagina. beer, man. <laughs> that was the ongoing joke uh, this past weekend down Atlantic City. Uh, I kept asking everybody, every place I went, I said, where's, uh, where, are we, where do I find vagina beer? And <laughs> it, got, it got a good laugh out of some of the uh, beer purists and uh, a funky eye from the uh, amateurs, but... Yeah. Well, nobody knows what Jeff is talking about. Jeff went to the AC Beer and Music Festival down in Atlantic City, man. Um, Did you get wrecked? Oh, got wrecked. It's phenomenal. You know, anybody that's in the area that's never done it, I recommend it. It usually comes around in April. um, 100.7, the station out of uh, New Jersey, uh, is usually the host of it. It's in the Atlantic City Convention Center. 150 different uh, breweries. Tons of beer, food, uh, groups dressed up. Um, when we get the website up and running, I'll post some of my pictures. Uh, me and my group went in kilts, man, Irish kilts, the uh, green and black and white plaid. Um, it's just such a great time. It's an amazing event. Four-hour sessions. There's three four-hour sessions uh, between Friday, Saturday afternoon, and Saturday night. And um, it's Atlantic City, it's a chance to go wild. And as big as it is, as many people they get, it, it's a good atmosphere. It's not the crazy drunks going nuts. It's a lot of people having fun, and uh, I recommend it. And I had a blast, and um, one of these years we're going to drag you along. And you're going to come with us, mate. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think I can handle it anymore. <laughs> I'm one of those guys that want to you know, sit on the couch with his wife and kid and watch an episode of Gilmore Girls and go to bed at around 7, so... Oh, do I, do I hear a hint of Guilty Pleasure Top 5 for next week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> dropping, dropping the hint, man. Dropping the hint. Uh, I don't remember the actress's name that plays the mother, but I love her. Lauren Graham. Yeah, that's it, Lauren Graham. Oh, something about her. Just, yeah. I like that a lot. The show was terrible. Oh. I was going to them like chatter back and forth. It's great on me, but might end up in my Top 5 next week. Who knows? You never know, but that's what we're going to be doing next week. Uh, excuse me, actually, Thursday, top five, our favorite guilty pleasure television shows in our new top five list next week. Uh, will we have a guest Thursday? We may. We may not. Who knows? We're not sure, um, but be on the lookout for it. Either way, we'll be back here Thursday night with another amazing episode of The Stoop. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. So for Jeff, the Shark Perini, I'm Jonathan Ragus. You'll have a good night, and we'll see you Thursday. Good night.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.